Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Before we get started with another great edition of the Duke's Wrestling Podcast, I do want to let you know, Zencaster.com. That's right, Zencaster.com. They are, without a doubt, my favorite website to head over to for all of these great conversations that you hear on the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. Superior quality and sound. Also, they have a great uh, video option as well if you need to record your videos. But the best part about it is the files are all split separately into MP3s. So you can edit them separately, you can put them together, do whatever you got to do. The main idea is Zencaster, Zencaster.com, that's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R, for all of your podcasting, video conferencing, even if you just want to uh, have a great conversation with your loved ones. All your needs there online for communication, Zencaster has you covered. That's right. Locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hi, this is Mateo Mayorga. I write for Five Reasons Sports Network and fan-sided for the King James Gospel, and you're listening to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. You know, folks, here on the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast, we love to obviously interview the pro wrestling stars of yesterday and today, you know, legends in the sport, what have you. But we love to venture out and talk to folks from other sports and and certainly other media personalities and, and analysts. I always find that interesting because it, it was a happy accident years ago when I started doing that. And, you know, you all you listeners responded so strongly, especially when I had you know heavyweights like uh, Peter Vesey on the show or, you know, a Reed, who was who an analyst for uh, other combat sports, but also football and what have you. You listeners enjoy when we when we pull other people from other walks of life onto the show. And certainly that's the case today. Because our man, Mateo, somebody who I've been following on Twitter for a while and reading his stuff, um, this is a sharp dude, especially uh, his his take on basketball and, you know, the little stats and figures that he puts up on a continuous basis on his Twitter feed and what have you. I really enjoy uh, paying attention to what Mateo posts because I always learn something and that's refreshing because you can't say that about everybody, unfortunately. But with that said, you know, officially, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. Mateo, how you doing, bro? Duke, thank you for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. You you really honor me with your very kind comments. I'm thankful. How, how are you? I'm I'm great, man, and I mean it. I, I really enjoy uh your feed because it's it's very thought provoking, the things that you focus on. And it's interesting because you just drop it and then you move on. And it's 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 like I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but you you definitely leave us wanting more of these little facts and stats and things of that nature. Uh, wh- where does that come from? Where, where does this come from? This this whole style of tweeting in particular. You know, I I haven't really thought about it. I I guess I just keep it going because the news is always changing. You 
you don't want to just like put some stats up just uh, for a week and not keep it going. The season stretches from mid-October to mid-April, then the playoffs end in June. So, you know, you got to keep the audience interested and also informed. But, you know, I take a lot of, you know, my style from the, the, the gentleman you just mentioned, Peter Vesey. I grew up reading him through the years. And the first time I actually heard him raw and uncut was on your show. And that was amazing. It was when he was talking about the whole thing that went down with Kawhi and the Spurs and how we ended up in Toronto. That was such a treat to listen to. But I've his work has really showed me a lot of the way. And in other areas of journalism, the work of someone like Christopher Hitchens, who wrote for Vanity Fair, I've tried to emulate the greats and, you know, try to do it my own way, but they definitely laid the blueprint for me. What I find fascinating is that you're you're a young guy, but you're like an old soul. I mean, we were talking offline a little bit about this. You really became a big basketball fan during what period? You know, I, it was around middle school. Um, LeBron had pretty much just come to Miami. It was very easy to learn the game, watching greatness on the floor guys like him and Dwayne who could absorb extra help on defense because they were so lethal as slashers and someone like Chris Bosch, who was really a, a player ahead of his time as a stretch big man who could space the floor. I, I learned a lot watching those guys. And obviously Kobe was still, I know he was around, he was a seasoned vet, but he was still amazing up until the point he tore his Achilles tendon in 2013. But this was the era where Tim Duncan was still a beast, you know, KG was still very good, Paul Pierce as well. But I, I grew up watching some great players that taught me a lot. Oh, folks, this is fascinating because as everybody listening knows, I, I just turned 40. And it's it always shocks me when I talk to a wrestling fan and, and I say, you know, I grew up watching Ric Flair. That was the first pro wrestler that um, really stood out for me and his feud with Harley Race and what have you. And then I'll have a guest come on and they say the first feud they ever saw was John Cena versus Randy Orton. And I'm like, what? I mean, this is this is like 20 years later, right? Here you are. I, I grew up uh, watching Larry Bird and Magic Johnson have their rivalry. That's That was my introduction to the NBA. And you're talking about when LeBron James was playing on the Miami Heat. I mean, what? <laughs> You know, it really doesn't get much better than that. You know, seeing the best player in the world for four seasons and they make the finals four years, winning two of those. You know, I, I joke around a lot and I, I and I don't really mean it as a joke. Those were some of the best years of my life. I, I got I was privileged enough to go to a lot of games because um, my dad covers sports and he knew how much it how much it interested me. So he wanted me to go. It was an amazing experience that. You know, I, I still try to like go through NBA.com through their archive stuff to watch some of the old games because the league has changed so much. There wasn't so much three-point shooting back. It certainly wasn't. I mean, there was some great shooting, especially from a guy like Bird. But oh, no, nah, sure. man, it is, you know, big men were actually big men. And um, it, it was, in comparison, a much slower game, which is ironic, but it was also a much rougher game. You could get away with a lot more back then, you know, people punching each other in the face and stuff like that. Uh, you're, you're not going to see that legally today um, on the court. But it's interesting. 
because I'm a Miami Heat fan. And that goes all the way back to the beginning. You know, the killer crossover, Timmy Hardaway, Alonzo Mourning, and, and, you know, I was with those guys from the beginning. And a lot of people say, oh, you're a homer and, you know, you're a Boston guy, but yet here you are. You just want to root for the good team. And it's like, no, I, I've been a Heat fan through thick and thin, the good and the bad. <laughs> when you bring up a guy like Chris Bosch, here's a guy who had Hall of Fame stats. And unfortunately, you know, he had a medical condition that sidelined his career and forced him into retirement. And it's very, you know, it's a terrible thing that happens. And I feel like we're seeing more and more of that today. You know, maybe there's more advancements in medicine, what have you. So they're catching these things before it turns tragic. Thank goodness, by the way. But I relay that to something that you tweeted out recently. And I don't want to misquote you, but it had to do with the durability of players today. Do, give me some background on this so, so listeners can understand where we're going here. The league's NBA stats page goes as far back as the 1996-1997 season for tracking games played for on-court labor. And that season, 85 guys logged at least 80. The metric I used was 80 games. And the lockout season, uh, which was 1999, you had at least 80 guys play a full year. In 2000, you had 79. Um, in, two, in 2010, it was also 79. But as you go a little closer to the, to the times now, in 2015, you had 53 guys play over 80 games. And in 2021, 2022, which was last season, the, the NBA's first full season after the bubble, you only had 13 guys log 80 games. Now, there could be a lot of factors about what that are causing players to miss time with and affecting their durability. A big one could be, you know, sleep. Players aren't getting enough rest because they travel a lot. You, you leave an arena after press duties, you get on a plane, and you, then you check into a hotel at four in the morning. Sometimes you even have to play that next day. You're on a road back to back. Um, Tim Grover, Michael Jordan, and Dwayne Wade, among other NBA superstars as a trainer, has said that players aren't lifting enough weights like they used to. But we also must remember that COVID changed the world in 2020. And now there is increasing research that shows that people can be affected even a long time after they're, they, they're not showing up. Well, they're not positive on tests. So this, this fascinated me. Okay. It completely fascinated me on many levels. Uh, one of them being because for the first time I just contracted COVID. I'm actually on day nine of my recovery, which thank goodness I'm making a recovery, but I still got a little bit of uh, (laughs) congestion uh, in the throat there. So on a personal level, I can understand this because the fatigue is tremendous. You know, that that was the thing that really affected me the most. I, I found myself being a little bit more tired than ever before. Um, and, and, you know, discussing it with other people who have gone through it and what have you, they're saying the same thing. And, you know, people who had it in October are still feeling the effects here in January, you know, right. and, and, and so on and so forth. So when I read your tweet, I was like, whoa, there's a lot of logic behind this here. Um, and your personal opinion, because I know you were looking at the facts and you you saw something that could have a... a, a, a in fact, there's very strong evidence that there is a correlation between the two. 
in your personal opinion, do you think it makes sense? Do, do, does this seem like a logical explanation for why the durability has, has gone down in the NBA? It certainly could be one. And Duke, I called the league's office twice this week to try to find out if they're looking into why people are missing so many games, speaking of the players. And I did not get a response back after multiple attempts, which is unfortunate. But I, I think it certainly could be because you're still seeing players miss time because of COVID. For example, uh, two-time reigning MVP Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets, he missed a few games back in November because he got COVID. And the coach of the same team, Mike Malone, missed a couple of games last week because he was in COVID protocols. But really, some of the information I took away from the Houston Methodist um, Leading Medicine Center is that people are still can still f- feel the effects from weeks up to six months. And I think back to someone like Mo Bamba, a forward slash center for the Orlando Magic. He got COVID back in June of 2020. He did not play in the bubble in the restart. And later that year in December, when the league was gearing up for the next season, Coach Clifford was saying, you know, there's no timetable for his return. Bamba eventually came back on January 4th of 2021 and was only able to log 46 out of 72 games that year, but he was not himself. This, as long as players can keep getting it, it could still be a factor affecting them. I, again, I, I think that on a personal level, I think it makes perfect sense. It's something that I doubt the NBA and the Players Association are going to, or more the NBA than the Players Association, they're probably going to be less inclined to admit this. You know, we, we are talking about people's medical history and things of that nature, even if you're not asking for specific people, but just the general data. Right. And I wonder about something, Mateo. How do you think this is going to affect player contracts going forward? Because if we know and we can see the data, let's just play devil's advocate for a second here. Let's say the data supports your hypothesis. And yes, COVID has affected the durability of the players. They are playing less because this respiratory virus um, affects people in that manner, you know, where they can't perform as consistently on the same level as maybe they were before COVID. Do you feel that that may factor into player contracts and maybe that may affect the players negatively if that were to be the case? Well, Duke, I I anticipate a lot of drama at the next uh, CBA negotiations for not just for this reason. Um, You've had players who wanted to bounce out of their situation when they have multiple years left. And this it, it could be interesting when you consider missing games because the best ability is availability. You, you hear a lot of the excuse of we're saving guys for the playoffs. But if you're resting a lot of your, your best guys, you know, it's. It's very hard to win in this league when your your marquee guys are sitting. The favorites in the league win the majority of the time, overwhelming majority. So when you're resting guys a lot, it's very hard to get the seeding you want to ensure a, a tough or excuse me, an easier road to the NBA finals. So missing games is something I think uh, league management and ownership is going to have a hard line on because it, what we're seeing recently, 
guys are missing games, but important ones too. And here's the thing. I believe that when guys are missing games, the majority of the time, they got a legitimate excuse for it and they should not be on the court. It is an injustice to them when they are playing hurt, but you're, you're seeing guys miss prime time. Um, for example, the last primetime game the Miami Heat played, Jimmy Butler was absent for it. It's, that's not good to see for the league. I know you're in the beginning of peeling back the layers on this and researching this. I, I'm going to challenge you personally, and I'm on the record you <laughs> saying this. Mateo, I, I really hope and I challenge you to continue to pursue this because yeah. in my personal opinion, this might be the biggest sports story of our generation. And I, I'm not, you know, being tongue in cheek about that either. I'm very, very serious. I think that you're onto something. I think that it's it's obvious and it's common sense, but people don't want to admit it. Um, so you're definitely going to get pushback on this. But man, if any way, shape, or form, you can find a way to to get folks to admit this, or you know, get solid evidence, solid proof on this, and the data certainly is supporting you, brother. You deserve every, you know, sports journalism award and what have you, because you just you you, you may have uh, affected the trajectory of all sports going forward, because it's not just about the NBA. And here's the thing, folks. This is why I have Mateo on the show talking about this. This affects all sports at every level, including youth sports. COVID is something that we still don't know enough about especially the long-term effects. But what we do know is most people who have had it, yes, they are affected. They are different after the fact than they were beforehand. And if this is reducing a person's productivity, especially as it relates to sports, dude, we need to talk about that. And we need to figure out what we're going to do about that collectively on every level of every sport. So, Mateo, I I'm, I commend you, man. This is this is a big. Did you come up with this on your own, or was this what made you pursue this, Duke? I was um, just researching the games played for the, the NBA guys, and I was just spitballing in my f- five reasons uh, chat we, we got on Twitter with with my colleagues and my boss in there, and my good friend Timothy Bain was the one who brought up COVID and saying, like, don't forget to think about that. And, you know, I, I wasn't at the time and I was so blown away myself because some of the symptoms of just COVID are breathing, uh, troubles, joint pain, chest pain, chest pain, excuse me, brain fog, loss of taste and smell. But the really interesting ones to take note of here, Duke, are sleep issues and fatigue. We know how much already players are struggling to get the right hours of sleep because of travel. But when you're also fatigued, that affects how you recover. And if players are not fresh on the court, they're probably, conventional wisdom tells me, excuse me, likely more likely chance of getting hurt. This is the most important sports story of our generation. And you're just at the beginning of it, which is fascinating to me because as you continue to pursue and unpack this, man, everyone's going to be talking about this. Like literally everyone is going to be talking about it. I mean, we're going to be forced to. So kudos, Mateo, and, and to you and your your colleagues and what have you who you've uh, bounced this off of. This is This is a big deal. It's a big deal. Why why don't you let everybody know the best way to keep up with you? Because certainly I know everyone listening is is definitely going to do that. 
uh, they're going to want to know, you know, where this goes so that they can make informed decisions in their own lives, especially as it relates to their children, quite frankly. So what's the best way to keep up with you? On Twitter, you can find me at Mateo Mayorga 23 on Five Reasons Sports Network. I write pretty frequently throughout the week. I try to do at least two or three. That That's what I try to do at the very least. But my column is called Mateo's Hoop Diary. I write there and I'm fan-sided. I cover the Cleveland Cavaliers for the King James Gospel. Those are where I'm writing for right now. I'm always t- taking um, – I would love to do some – take some new opportunities to write for some other – networks as well. I always love to do more. If you are out there, you know, and I'm talking to all the big timers out there, all of you newspaper folks, you know, all of you sporting uh, news channel folks, you know who you are. You know, I appreciate you listening to Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. Of course, you need to get in touch with Mateo. This guy, he's at the cusp of something really, really big. And whomever he does this this story for, um, they're going to get a lot of attention. So I encourage everybody, you want to do business with this guy because he's on to something. He's on to a big one here. Uh, Mateo, I respect you and I appreciate uh, your hard work there. Before I let you go, I got to ask you one last question. And this is completely unrelated, <laughs> but it's something that I love to talk about because I know that um, your family is uh, Colombian, right? Yes. Okay. So it's, it's, it's the weekend. I want to go out. I want to grab a, a bite to eat. I want to try something that maybe I, I haven't tried before or, or what have you here. I'm ordering takeout. Got a nice Colombian restaurant. Thank goodness here in the greater Boston area, especially in East Boston, we have some fantastic Colombian restaurants. So I actually am a little familiar here. But um, and, you know, from you, from a man who's had the real stuff, what am I ordering and why? I would order a bandeja paisa. It's got all the good stuff. It's got a skirt steak or ground beef, however you like your meat. You've got rice, you've got a egg, you've got a nice Colombian sausage, you've got a little bit of like salad with it. It's very nutritious, delicious, and it's very, it feels very much like home. What is up, you guys? This is Kylan King, the mother effing king, and you are listening to Duke Loves Rastafari. Be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Giovanni. This is Tony Giovanni, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Loves Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs>